Hey, this is Life Coach David. Thanks for listening to the Law of Attraction podcast, where I share wonderful Law of Attraction information so that you can live your life from a Law of Attraction point of view. Because when you really do that for real, it only gets better. And today I will continue reading from the new book I started reading from called Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. And it's not a new book in terms of it was written recently, but it's a new book because I haven't read it before for a podcast. And it's filled with wonderful Law of Attraction information. And it's written by Lynn Grabhorn. And though the Law of Attraction, of course, means the same, no matter who writes a book about it, she has a very good way of explaining it, a very down-to-earth way, and that's what I like about it. And something I want to suggest that you can do on a daily basis is just randomly throughout the day, ask yourself, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Because we're supposed to be focusing and thinking about what we want so we can attract it. Unfortunately, most of us were not taught to do that. We were taught more to worry and complain and be in more low vibration thoughts. So start filling your day with questioning yourself, what do I want? And that forces you to think about what you want, which is going to set yourself up to attract it. It sounds simple, but it really works. And for anyone who wants to find out more about me and possibly have Law of Attraction coaching with me, I've been a Law of Attraction life coach I was certified over 10 years ago, and I've been doing it ever since. And my coaching is held over the phone, so it doesn't matter where you live. Just go to lifecoachdavid.com, and you can find out more about me there and contact me through there. And now I'm excited to continue reading from Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. And this section is called Bills, Bills, Bills. Take a not-too-favorite topic, for example, Paying Bills. Unless you're in super financial shape, how do you usually feel when it gets to be bill-paying time? Thrilled? Elated? Euphoric? Not likely. How about worried, anxious, or plain all down? Well, join the group. Here's the kicker. It's due to those very feelings of despair that we keep on having a hard time with the bills. Why? Because whatever we're feeling is what we're vibrating. And whatever we're vibrating is what we're attracting. It's a universal law. That's just the way it is. Here's an example. Tony and his wife Ginger and I got together regularly to compare notes about our progress with the law of attraction. Thank heavens they were around since they were the only folks I knew who lived close by where I could let my hair down and compare notes. One night as we were finishing dinner at my place, we began reminiscing over how it used to be in those times before we got involved in controlling energy. The conversation was light and comical until Tony started talking about how ugly it had been trying to pay bills with no money. While I always enjoyed their company, the feelings that began to surface from this conversation were making me uncomfortable as I had only recently started to come out of a long and difficult financial drought. I wanted the conversation to change, but it didn't. Tony had always made a decent living, and with their kids grown and gone, the two of them could have gotten along easily on his income alone. 
but Ginger wanted to stretch her work wings again, so she went back into the real estate business she had left years ago. This was well before Law of Attraction years, but nonetheless, she did quite well. Why was it then, they reminisced as I was pouring coffee, that we'd never have enough money to pay our bills? I presume you just overextended yourselves whenever Ginger made a hit, I said, hoping to ward off the emotional discourse that I knew was coming about how tough it was to live without enough money in the bank. Sure we did, laughed Tony. We were living it up until we realized what a mess we had gotten ourselves into. We had already refinanced the house, so that was not an option. We had never saved much of anything, so we had no reserves to fall back on. And now here we were, with all this new income coming in, but somehow worse off than we were before, with more bills we couldn't pay. If Ginger had a good closing, we were almost okay, he said. But if nothing was moving for her, we were in deep trouble and it would take us months to recover. Uh-oh, I know the feeling, but isn't it great how that's all behind us now? I tried to leapfrog the conversation into a new, more positive direction, but Ginger was having none of it. For whatever reason, she needed to relive those painful days. And she said, I swear, it got so bad every month that when it came time to pay those fool things, which I put off for as long as I could, I'd either break out in a rash or have a migraine. I'd pull out the stack, put it on my desk, and just look at it for a day or two. Then I'd get that horrible sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach because I knew that what we had to pay and what we had in the bank simply did not match. So I pick out one bill and decide how much I can get away with paying. It was awful. You know what that was like, Lynn. You've been there. More times than I care to count, I reflected. Thank heavens that all changed, sighed Tony, looking fondly at Ginger. Another year of that and you'd be collecting on my life insurance. As he reached across the table for Ginger's hand, my heart warmed as I saw her eyes tear up with the happiness they both were experiencing now. They had turned their financial corner a couple years ago, transforming their lives into abundance and sublime happiness. They had learned how to command energy. What contentment vibrated between them, and what a long way they'd come. What a long way we all had come. Tony and Ginger and I had spent years in various degrees of financial chaos because we didn't know a thing about controlling our energy. Each in our own way, as bill paying time came, and we'd look at how much we needed but didn't have, and the more uptight we'd get. The more we focused on what we didn't have, the greater our negative energies would grow, magnetizing even more debt along with less income to offset it. Our emotional focus on the lack of what we had was continuing to magnetize more of the same back into our experience, usually bigger and meaner and nastier than in the month before. The process is like tossing a boomerang, one of those things you pitch away from you that circles back for you to catch, or clobber you if you're not looking. What we send out vibrationally is what we get back. So until we change our vibrations, we're going to pull back to us whatever we've sent out. To put it another way, 
if we don't stop feeling and sending out downer vibrations, then downer circumstances are all we're going to pull back. We get what we emotionally focus on. Focus on what we want with passion and excitement, and presto, it's on its way. Focus on what we don't want with the same passion, such as worry or concern, and presto, it too will be on its way. The universe doesn't give a crapshoot whether we want something or don't want something. It works strictly off the physical principle we call the law of attraction. We send the magnetic feelings out, the universe obediently delivers. It doesn't react to our pleas, it only responds to our vibrations which come purely from how we're feeling. Does it matter what caused the feelings in the first place? No. They could come from a thought, from an outside event, or just from a general mood. But regardless of how they are initiated, the events that make up our lives come solely from our moment-to-moment, day-to-day, year-to-year outflow of feelings. So let's get real here for a minute. No one is suggesting we walk around being goody-two-shoes all day long, trying to be happy about just being fired or missing the train or misplacing our car keys, but facts are facts. Since what we send out is what we get back, and since what we send out comes from what we've been focusing on, it might behoove us to pay a damn sight more attention to what we're thinking about and how that's making us feel. Focus on what we want, and it will come if we don't sabotage it. Focus on what we don't want, and it comes too, usually with more of a while up to it than it had to begin with. Back to the bills. Let's say you've been having a whole batch of thoughts about how much you don't like paying your bills. Each one of those thoughts, which is very much alive, carries the emotional vibration or signature from when you thought it, and it goes out to find and hook up with other thoughts that have identical vibrations. When two thoughts of the same emotional intensity come together, they vibrate more powerfully at a higher, faster frequency than one by itself. So now, instead of just one little old insignificant thought out there about your bills, you've got a bigger and more powerful one that you had to begin with. Because every time you think about it, it joins up and clumps together with the ones you sent out before. Ah, but there's more. You not only have your own downer thoughts about bills clumping together out there and growing bigger and more powerful with each new dejected feeling you send out, but now they're joining up with other downer thought balls on the same frequency sent out from other people about anything. I call them junk bombs. They clump together in matching frequencies of fear and anxiety and can easily be headed back your way unless you get yourself turned around emotionally, meaning that sooner or later, one or more of those junk bombs with all sorts of unpleasant stuff attached to it from everybody else's worries is going to come back and sock you loud and hard if you're still vibrating the same way and broadcasting your wavelength on the same frequency. Now you have a real mess on your hands, more bills than you had in the first place, along with a lot more disagreeable circumstances that may or may not have to do with paying those bills. Your car breaks down and you don't have the dollars to fix it. Your washer goes on the fritz. Your kids break someone's window. Your dog attacks some nice soul out for a walk. And on Super Bowl Sunday, with a house full of rabid fans, 
Your TV blows its stack. You're an attracting magnet, and your attracting magnet is powerfully turned on with that emotionally charged downer vibration and will keep on attracting more garbage like a homing beacon until you change that vibration. Once you do, the boomerang doesn't return. Someone else will get socked with it instead of you. Too bad for them, but at least you're rid of it for now. Let's take a more pleasant item of attention, like a new car. If you focus on the car you want and keep focusing and keep focusing, you'll get it. But if you focus on the fact that it hasn't come yet or the lack of it or how you can't afford it, then that's exactly what you'll attract. A whole lot more no car. So you might say, well, hell, that just proves this stuff makes no sense. I've been focusing for years on what I want, namely more money, and I still don't have it. Right, because first there's a subject of money, and then there's a subject of lack of money, and guess what? 99.9% .9 of us have been focusing most of our lives on what? Right again, we get what we focus on. Focus on the lack of what we want? and we're guaranteed to get more of it because through matching vibrations, we magnetize it in. Law of attraction, pure and simple. And that's the end of that section. And I really like how that's such a simple way that she explained it. The more we focus on whatever it is, the more we're going to experience it. And it's interesting that she used the word thought balls, like mothballs, but thought balls. And that every time we send out a negative thought, it's attaching to these thought balls and somehow we attract some other bad thing to happen because we just keep accumulating these negative thoughts and it manifests in different ways. So I don't know about you, but I don't want that to happen to me. So that's why I pay a lot of attention to what I'm thinking about and how I'm thinking about it because I want to attract what I want. And the next section is called Four Steps to Break Out. So here it is again. The more we think about something with even feeble emotion, the bigger and more powerful that something becomes in our life, regardless of whether it's the lack of what we want or the thing itself. If we say, I want perfect health, and think emotionally about perfect health all the time, we'll either have it now or it will be on its way. But if we say, I don't want sickness, and think emotionally about that often enough, we're opting for ill health because our focus is on the sickness. If we think a lot about wanting a new house and can feel ourselves in it, it's on its way. But if we're constantly saying, I don't want to live in this place anymore, we'll be sticking around for a while. If we think emotionally about something long enough, whether it's something we want or something we don't want, it's going to be coming into our world, like it or not. And I'm going to read that again, because that's, that's like the crux of all this. If we think emotionally about something long enough, whether it's something we want or something we don't want, it's going to be coming into our world, like it or not. Now I'll go back to the book. What comes to us has nothing to do with what we're doing physically, or how worthy we are, or how good we are, or what our non-existent destiny may be. It has only to do with how we're vibrating, which means feeling, which means attracting, period. So here's what mom and pop never told us, because mom and pop never knew. 
And here's what every positive thinking book or motivational speaker has been romancing, but never quite tied the knot because they honestly didn't know either. Here are the four steps to deliberate creation. The four steps that are guaranteed, that's right, guaranteed, to bring into your life whatever is your passion and much, much more. They're guaranteed because they are universal law, the basic principles from which all creation has sprung. Now they are yours, if you want them. Step one, identify what you don't want. Step two, from that, identify what you do want. Step three, get into the feeling place of what you want. Step four, expect, listen, and allow it to happen. And I'll read those one more time. Step one, identify what you don't want. Step two, from that, identify what you do want. Step three, get into the feeling place of what you want. Step four, expect, listen, and allow it to happen. Now we'll go back to the book. That's it. That's all there is to it. As you get into the swing of this remarkable new journey, things seem to magically change in every area of your life. Worries, concerns, doubts, and fears go from a constant, ever-present little hum to an uncommon occurrence in a matter of weeks. And you can actually see it and feel it happening every day. Your health turns around, your bank account fills up, your relationships do whatever you'd like them to do, sales close, promotions happen, life becomes a daily joy. It's real, you can see it working. And then you know, you genuinely know, the only one at the helm of your ship is you. It really, truly is just you. And that's the end of that little section. And those four steps are so important. And of course, they sound easy. And they can be easy once you really understand the depth of each question. But I think a lot of people have the most trouble with step three and four, getting into that feeling place and just allowing it to happen. And that's actually what I teach a lot of my clients. So if you want a deeper understanding of that and want to know how to make that happen, please consider coaching with me. And again, you can reach me through lifecoachdavid.com. And it really works, you know. I'm not just promoting that because I just want to. It's because it really works. And if you really want to experience that, I want to help you do it. So getting back to the book, the next section is called Victim No More. As we embark on this adventure of living the law of attraction, we come very soon to the rather disturbing conclusion that there truly is no such thing as a victim, and that continuing to play the game of being a victim to anything or anybody guarantees only continued discontent from the relentless emission of low vibrations. Oh sure, the rest of the world is still doing it, blaming them for what happened rather than their feelings, blaming circumstances for their bad luck rather than their feelings, blaming the drunk on the freeway or the rotten boss or the economy or God for messing them up rather than their own feelings. We may have been taught and therefore have believed that we live at the mercy of others or fate or luck or chance. Certainly that is what most people on this planet live by. But once you start to see the law of attraction in operation, you ultimately come to understand that there is no such thing as a victim, never has been, never will be. 
There's no good luck, bad luck, good fortune, or coincidence. There's no destiny, fate, or providence. There's no big judge in the sky keeping score on how right or wrong you've been. There's no karma from past lives, no penance. That's all victim stuff. And there is not a victim among us, only co-creators in thought and feeling, powerful magnets attracting like bees to honey the matching frequency of our ever-flowing vibrations. You never again have to believe that circumstances outside of you control your life. You never again have to believe that it's wrong to want. You never again have to believe that some great power outside yourself is pulling the strings or that anyone or anything other than you is in control. You never again have to be afraid of them or it, no matter who or what they may be, unless you so choose. So how did we get in this mess? You got it. More than 6 billion people, plus however many more there may be over countless centuries, being born into vulnerable, lackful, fearful vibrations, all focusing on what they don't want and getting more of it. It was never intended to be that way, but in our anxious state of needing to find a reason why things never seemed to go the way we wanted them to, we figured it had to be the fault of some factor separate from us. The government, the economy, our boss, our marriage, our background, our education, our rotten luck, even God. Or maybe it was because we weren't worthy, didn't measure up, were too filled with sins, hadn't been fully put to the test, or had not in some way or other paid our rightful dues. The reality, the real reality, is that we are already worthy. There is no test to pass. And sin is nothing but a man-made abomination to foster control by others. The real reality is we have come here to thrive and prosper and live this grand human experience in light-hearted joy, not in struggle and pain. We have come here to have fun while we learn, to grow without suffering, and to harvest our desires in the absolute knowledge that we can have it all once we learn how to handle our energies, meaning our emotions. We came here with the guaranteed freedom of choice, mandated by the very nature of our existence. The time has come for us to exercise that birthright. We are caught in no one's web. We are bound by no circumstance. We are victims to no conditions. Rather, we are beings who possess the sacred ability to implement any outlandish desire our limitless minds can concoct, for we possess unregulated, unrestricted, uncontested freedom of choice, no matter what those choices may be. It's wake-up time. It's time to remember how to make those choices happen. It's time to take our heads out of the sand and accept that it's no accident we get what we get in life. It's time for us to stop creating from the improper default setting and remember the secrets of the ancient wisdom we once knew so well before recorded history. Wisdom that allowed us to create our passions with simple intent. It's time. You deserve it all. You deserve to have all of your aspirations realized no matter what they may be. You have only to want it and feel it and a whole new life of extraordinary happiness will be yours. Not can be, will be. That is a cosmic guarantee.
And that's the end of chapter one. And those are some very powerful words. So please listen to this podcast again and put this into practice, you know, put what she's saying into practice because then you are living from more of a law of attraction point of view. And even though some of her examples might be a little dated, it's still relevant, you know. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate it. And my intention is for who's ever listening to get a lot out of it so you can help yourself live the kind of life you want. You want to attract what you want or who you want. You want to be in a wonderful relationship with yourself and those in your life. You want to have financial freedom. We all have different things we want, but it's all coming from the same place. Tune in next time for a continuation on Chapter 2, and there'll be a lot more wonderful information about the Law of Attraction. And until then, choose to have a high vibration day.